Hello, dear friend. Welcome to part two of The Next Moment Is Not Written. Or is it? One of the things I'd like to put forth now is the right to change my mind as new information, new thoughts, new feelings, new emotions come into my view. Things will shift and between part one, as I mentioned, and part two, I had some insights and some new awareness that slightly altered the discussion. And so in this, this was a live talk that I did at our Unity Spiritual Center here in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. And uh, I've kept the integrity of the original recording as much as I could. There were some edits that uh, I felt were necessary and I put those in. And then you'll notice at the end as we go into the meditation and after the meditation we are accompanied by the great playing of Nico Rhodes on piano. So he plays during the meditation and he also offers a tribute to John Williams. I look forward to your thoughts. Uh, So this talk title is The Next Moment Is Not Written. It's awesome. I can do anything now. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh gosh, I was so brilliant when I thought of that in the moment on a live uh, class I was was doing and that came out of my mouth and I was like, oh, that is so good. I'm gonna write that down. And now as I've reflected on that, (laughs) the next moment is not written or is it? Ah. So for me, All individualized thinking and consciousness centers in something that unity refers to as divine mind. So if you think about it in these terms, there is this great power of consciousness that we are all in, kind of like the goldfish in the water. It's the the thing we swim in, is this one power, this one source, this one divine, however you want to phrase it. And from that, we have the ability to pull ideas, if you will. Almost like, oh, I had this great idea. Well, where did that idea come from? So if we break that down into these different stages of mind, we have a conscious mind, we have a subconscious mind, and then we have the superconscious mind or divine mind. And inside of that, we operate as humans. Okay, can we all agree with that, that we all operate in that, in that realm of thinking, sometimes conscious, sometimes we're not very conscious, are we? <laughs> sometimes our choices don't seem like they were conscious choices at all. And this might be where I then thought, maybe it's already written. Maybe how I'm going to respond or react to something is actually already written. Maybe that next moment is not as free as I think or want to believe that it is. And inside of all that, we have something else that Unity, and it's from Paul Hasselbeck's book, uh, Heart-Centered Metaphysics. We have something also known as mass or race consciousness. So then there's all of the thinking of all of the beings around us, and we're in that soup as well. 
And we're pulling from that, and we're being influenced by that. We have social media, we have headlines. All of that stuff is playing in our heads. And so are we consciously choosing, or are we just reacting? You know, and this became very clear to me as I did some shadow work, and I realized that something I decided when I was four years old from a situation I was in that I still remember very clearly had driven a lot of my own decisions that I made going forward. I wasn't aware of it, yet that was planted in me and operating. So you might have heard of the amygdala, right? Amygdala is that little thing in our heads that just kicks in. It kicks in when we're in a moment of fear or threat. It doesn't care about accuracy. It is not designed to be accurate, it is designed to be swift. Because it can't risk that the one time it pauses to think about it, we die. So it always kicks in. And so what I've discovered is that I had to look a little deeper and see what is actually going on. When am I just responding from what I think is a conscious choice, but is actually something that occurred to me and immediately I go, my brain goes, so think of it this way, the brain goes, hey, I've seen this before, this has happened before to you, something very similar to this, this is how you survived it, this is what we need to do, and all of that kicks in in a moment, just like that, and you respond from there. And you don't have the possibility of pausing unless you're consciously aware that that is happening. You wouldn't naturally take a breath and pause and move forward. And this subconscious is what is I'm talking about. It holds everything. It remembers everything we've ever done, every experience we've ever had. It's in there. I kind of look at it. So here's a great analogy, or I think it's a great analogy. You decide. So on my phone, I have something known as Google Photos. And I also have photos on my phone. Google Photos will upload, or my phone will upload all of my photos to Google Cloud Photos and hold them all there, store them all. On my phone, I can go through my photos and delete the ones I don't want anymore, the ones I've decided aren't worthy of keeping on my phone. However, Google Photos doesn't delete those. It keeps them all. That's what the subconscious is doing. So unless I spend the time to weed through it and eliminate, do the work of deleting those photos, they are there. And in our world of subconscious mind, they are running a program. And the more that we expose ourselves to those same things, so be it a headline, a way of being, a way of living, stuff we read, stuff we think about, the more that we do that, the stronger the etching in that subconscious becomes. And the more often we can automatically pull from there. For example, you don't have to think about breathing. Right? You don't think about it, it just happens. How about when chocolate shows up? Do you think, oh hey, I'm not sure. Do I really want this chocolate right now? Hmm. Or it's, you know, and, and exactly. By the time you've gotten to that point, you're chewing on it. Hmm. I guess I do. 
this is what programming is. And we all have it. It's like a computer. And so unless we're willing to do the work of going in and asking ourselves questions like, what is going on? Why do I react this way? Why do I say those things? Why is it when I get angry, I automatically do this? Why do I you know, belittle people? Why do I act this way and operate on a level that is not conscious? Not good or bad, not right or wrong, not from that place, but a question of why and go in and do the work necessary to weed out what is going on so that you can make conscious decisions, so that you can look at your filters. So for example, I have filters running. You know, I have not only filters on what shows up on my phone, but filters for how I respond to things. When I get into a certain situation, for me, a typical one is if I go to an event and there's lots of people and I don't know them, I stay to the perimeter. I don't go into the middle. I stay around the perimeter and figure out the lay of the land and do I want to be here? Don't I want to be here? You know, that's a filter I have. And there's probably a reason that I'm doing it. I haven't investigated that one yet, but I know that filter, I now am aware that that filter is running. So you might ask yourself, why is it that when you run into certain people, you feel a certain way? Why do certain things get triggered in you? It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you or me. That's where it resides, is in us. You with me? Okay. Has anybody experienced any of this stuff? Oh, yeah. Today. <laughs> Today? <laughs> right now? <laughs> so as Ernest Holmes said, we are all thinking centers in divine mind. So we're all part of this together. We're all part of this soup. Yet each one of us is an individualization. I think that was a lyric in one of the songs we just sang. We're each in an individualization of that, and we all have the ability to break away from being programmed. And there's a path to doing that. So the first one is awareness. You actually have to be aware and know that that's going on. If you don't, you'll never, it's unlikely you will stumble upon it. It's unlikely that you'll stop and do that chocolate thing. Hmm, I wonder, do I really? It's probably that you'll just keep going. And again, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. This, you know, one thing I love about unity is I've come to the realization that there's nothing here that is good or bad. It's just you can choose to live your life a certain way or not. And no matter what choices we make, there are outcomes, right? There are things that are going to happen whatever way we choose. And imagine, though, imagine if you could get to the place where that next moment is actually not written, where you are every moment choosing consciously, powerfully, what it is you want to do, how you want to experience it, who you want to be, bringing yourself to each moment consciously. That is available. So let's go to the three phases of mind in the uh, 
metaphysical, heart-centered metaphysical from Paul Hasselbeck. So as a metaphysician, this is how you might want to approach this. So first of all, repeated reactions and responses to specific situations impress the subconscious mind and can give rise to patterns and habits, some of which are desirable. Huh? Chocolate would be a desirable one. While others are not. Anybody have some patterns they run that are maybe not so desirable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Through self-observation patterns and habits can be discerned, including how they manifest in the present. Further discernment can eventually uncover the beliefs, thoughts, and feelings giving rise to the patterns and habits. Right? So it's inquiry. Right? It's being open to actually look at yourself. I'm not talking about in a mirror. I'm talking about looking at yourself. It's really easy to blame others, right? Huh? That's like, if I can just throw this on everybody else, awesome. I don't have to take any responsibility for what happens. Woo! Chalk that up for me. The superconscious mind can inform, so again, the three phases of mind. There's the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious. Conscious is my awareness, right? I'm thinking, I'm judging all of you right now, you're judging me, all of that stuff is happening, it's all happening up here. And then there's a the subconscious mind, which is even the things I don't think I'm looking at right now are actually imprinting in my subconscious mind. It, everything that is in my peripheral vision, every smell, every scent, everything that's happening is registering in my subconscious mind. And then there's the soup that we swim in, the superconscious mind. The superconscious mind can inform both the conscious and subconscious minds. It is through the activity of the superconscious phase of mind that our whole consciousness is spiritualized. So this is like that feeling of God, that spiritual, oh, wow, I don't know, I just felt so good today. I was out on the trails and, oh, right? You know that feeling? Have we all had that at least once? Yes, at least once? Yeah? Okay. From the conscious mind, the superconscious mind is accessed for guidance and direction. Right? So we can access that through our conscious mind. The error beliefs, thoughts, and feelings of the subconscious mind are cleared or transformed by investing time in prayer and silence. Oh, so there's like this thing that'll scrub stuff away. Imagine, like there's this, you can go to this place, this well-known place inside, it's called prayer or meditation, it's called the silence, and be silent, be quiet with your thoughts, allow yourself to breathe, and this super scrubber comes along and starts to get rid of all the stuff that we actually don't want. That's cool. A practice that accesses the superconscious mind and infuses the subconscious mind with divine ideas. So this is where we can go, not only have a super scrubber, but actually have something that can begin to give us new ways of thinking and being, where we can touch something that is like, oh, has anybody here ever had that moment where, I'm going to assume that most people here meditate or pray. Have you ever had that feeling like, oh my gosh, I just had this great idea, or I just found the solution to my situation, or something just came up? An aha, thank you, Brian. That's what I'm talking about. And we all get to do it. 
It's so cool. It's like it's not reserved for any one person or any 10 people. Everybody can access it. There's just some work that has to be done. So we've identified something. The subconscious mind is running the show most of the time, right? So we've identified that. It's okay, right? It's not right or wrong, good or bad, so we don't have to feel guilty. There's no shame here. It's just that's what's happening, and we're all doing it. Everybody on the planet is living that way. You're not the only one, so we're all in this together. And there's a solution. I'll leave you with something from Myrtle Fillmore, and this comes from Healing Letters. Know that the word of God is in your mouth and in your heart. Rejoice that this is true, and speak the words of truth with joy and power and love. Expect your words spoken and sung to bring results. Weed out all the destructive and negative thoughts and words and tones. Our words have power. We formulate our thoughts in words. Be careful what you say to yourself. Be careful what you speak as truth into the world. And go about eliminating, weed out all the destructive and negative thoughts and words and tones. That is the path to living a life that you love. If you're comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes. I invite you to place a hand on your belly, breathing in through your nose, feeling your belly rise, connecting our upper mind with our lower intelligence, our mid-intelligence, our wisdom. I invite you to bring a gentle smile to your face. Bring your attention to the flow of energy that's moving through your body right now. Your heart is doing its job. Your lungs are breathing in and out. Perhaps your belly is falling and rising. All of this is happening in a beautiful, syncopated rhythm. And I invite you to know that at any time during the day, any moment, you can bring yourself back to this place, knowing it's readily available. and it will soothe and bring peace upon you. And I'll let 
Nico just drift into what he wants to play and when you're ready you can open your eyes and bring yourself back to the room you're in. This is in celebration of John Williams's 90th birthday this week. <laughs> 